0: Hello and welcome to the latest podcast. Here I am your host JP John. Paz. with me is none other than the former WWE World Champion, believe it or not, former head writer for WWE and the WWF. He is Mr. Vince Russo. Vince, welcome back. How you doing, John? What do you got? Dirty laundry behind you, bro. What? Look, look, look no, th- behind you. That's dirty no, laundry, no, like, bro. No, it's all my kids' toys. That's my daughter's uh, little. You know that little doctor jacket you put on and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, pretty- it's sure a jacket.
1: You sure that's not dirty underwear?
0: swear i swear okay, i believe you because i know I you're a, uh, a flood in my office so now i'm with like all my kids toys i had oh, to move God. my uh my spots my I didn't son's know. hot wheels daughter's toys I, I,
1: yeah i also didn't know you were a new york giants fan bro
0: oh huge huge fan oh, yeah.
1: okay yeah I'm, i go way 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 back with the uh I go I back the to Chinese. the Spider Lockhart days. You know what Spider Lockhart is?
0: Oh, my God. Yeah. I haven't heard that name in, in a long ass time. Oh, <laughs> my go, God. I go
1: back to those days. Remember I thought you were Ron, listening
0: to like YA or something.
1: Yeah. Ron Johnson. Remember Ron Johnson? The oh, great yeah. Of course. Yeah. They had in the 70s. I go yep. way back to them.
0: Frank Gifford, legend. Yeah. You know, they got, well, that they was that. I one. think
1: that was a little before my time.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. But I, I go back. Really, I start with the uh, the LT era. You know what I mean? The the wow. Parcells domination era is when I started. Yeah.
1: I tell you, when I started, bro. Honestly, I remember Fran Tarkenton hmm. uh, as quarterback of the Giants. I, I wow. that, That's okay. that's that's probably as far back as I go.
0: Nice. Yeah. Well, the real reason we're here, we're not to talk about the Giants, we're not unfortunately. We're
1: talking about football. Will Larry not? Can Larry not <laughs> let us talk football for the next hour, bro? No good.
0: He wants us to talk about SummerSlam okay. 1998, believe it or not.
1: Let's get at it. Let's do it. Bro.
0: August 30th, 1998. New York City. In New York, of course. Madison Square Garden. 21,588 in attendance. The tagline, of course, Highway to Hell. Pay-per-view buys, 700 Thousand. Wow! I remember wow. this event very well because I was there, and it was definitely. I mean, you want to talk about sold out? I feel like they snuck some people in, and there was people walking about. You know what I mean? When they they the yeah. standing room only kind of stuff yeah. when they sneak yeah. more people into the building. But yeah. man, it, that atmosphere was nuts. But you guys were on fire. Seven hundred thousand for a slam yeah, bro. You know what was great about this too? Um, this was awesome. Um, the uh the
1: whole ACDC. Yes. Paying paying for the rights of the song, I really felt that added a lot to this pay per view. It really, really, really made it exciting. You know, it, it's funny, John, because you know you'll you'll have a lot of people say, "Oh, you know, Vince Russo's only success was you know WWE and this that and the other thing." You'll always see that story, but what what people don't understand is the big difference and the advantage I had of writing for the WWE was finances and resources, bro. I could do whatever I wanted to do. Like if we want highway to hell, Vince McMahon's going to pay for highway to hell. Like TNA couldn't have afforded to do that. So that's what, that's what people don't understand as, as the head writer of the WWE, I could sit there and write, anything and it was going to happen because we had the finances and we had the resources when i when i moved on to work for other companies there were budget restrictions and they didn't have the resources the wwe had and at the end of the day bro it it really it really affected some of your writing because you were really limited to what you can do. But you know, I'm sure, bro, God knows what Vince paid uh, to the rights for that song, but I, I guarantee it was probably a million.
0: I heard that Jericho tried to get back in black. You know, for AEW to play, and it was too expensive to get the song. So if yeah. Khan's oh, not paying yeah. for it, you know, yeah. you, you know, it's, it's expensive, obviously.
1: Yes. Uh, yeah. Pe- people have no idea. Like I, I know when uh, I know when Bischoff used Hogan. Uh, you know, Jimi Hendrix for Hogan. Buddha child. Yeah. Bro, yep. that cost like that cost a fortune. But that's the difference, man, between you know a good show and a bad show. That I, I really believe the the song really added to the show.
0: Man, ACDC is my favorite band. That's one of my favorite songs ever. It's perfect. Didn't you tie in Austin and Undertaker? It's perfect. I mean, Undertaker's got the whole evil, satanic gimmick. He's on the highway to hell. You know, you got the Hearst. You got literally everything tied in perfectly. I still have this huge poster of Undertaker and Austin you know the cartoons but they're destroying new york city and they're like godzilla and yeah. king Kong. they're like just using buildings to destroy it awesome yeah. bro the
1: most um the most memorable thing about this pay-per-view for me is bro this is the, the i think this was the one and only time i yelled at vince but, and i remember bro in you know we, we were traveling together it was always it was always a uh, vince and ed and Vince and Shane. That, that's how we always traveled. And I remember being in the car and I yelled at Vince. And I'll tell you why, bro. And I was right. I'm, in this instance, I was right. Taker and Austin were really, really close friends at the time. Okay? And they wanted this match to be a babyface match. And I said to Vince, bro... This is New York City. This is Madison Square Garden. It's going to be sold out. This is huge. As a freaking New Yorker, Vince, and you're you're a New Yorker yourself, even though he's from Connecticut, you know damn well. I understand Taker and uh, Steve are good friends. I respect that. Those fans are not going to want a babyface match, bro. They're going to want to see these two guys absolutely kill and destroy each other. But, bro, I listen, I I respect Vince's decision because out of respect for those two guys, he let them go out there and have a baby face match. And, bro, I could tell you both of those guys were extremely, extremely disappointed in the match. And afterwards, they really couldn't understand what happened. And like, I knew like, bro, this is New York, man. We don't, we don't kiss each other. We don't, they wanted to see, you know, blood and guts and you guys absolutely kill each other. Um, But because of their fondness and respect and the friendship, they wanted to go out there and have a baby face match. And I remember yelling at Vince in his, in the limo. I remember yelling, that sucks. That sucks, Vince. That's not what this match should be. But I, I don't blame Vince, bro, because those were the two top guys. That's what they wanted. And whether it was going to work or not, Vince was going to allow him to do it that way.
0: To me, though, I still liked the match. I still thought it was good. But we came out afterwards, Steve Austin got a concussion during the match. So maybe that is what led to it not being yeah, as good as it could have been.
1: Yeah, I'm sure. It's absolutely. Without a doubt. Yes. Yep.
0: Do you think that Austin almost had too much control? Like, where it's like, oh, no, we're going to do this, but even though the writer doesn't want to do it. Like, no, Let's do this no, because
1: he was never like that. He, he yeah. never, ever, ever liked that, bro. Not at all. Not not at all. And And like I said, I understood. I totally understood, bro, because they were super close. I totally understood. So, like, at the end of the day, man, you really, really, really had to respect their wishes.
0: Do you think that, taker turning heel a few months later could have been fast-tracked earlier to Summerslam, like as far as the heel turn because he does eventually turn in a few months
1: i i i don't know bro like um man bro it's amazing when i look back and just everything we did with taker you know bro that, that that's what people don't understand man when you've got a character of that magnitude And the objective as a writer is to keep him up here. You can't bring him down, bro. You've got to keep him up here. People just don't understand how challenging that is when you have performers that are just the best in the game, man. It's, It's very, very difficult.
0: With Austin Undertaker, obviously, I mean, you guys are on a roll here. You'd be winning most of the ratings in the Monday Night Wars against WWE Monday Nitro. April 13th, I was at that Raw too in Philly, Austin versus Vince. That's what set off, like, you know, like, holy shit, like Vince is going to wrestle. Austin's going to kick his ass. And then obviously the dude love feud, but then it carries over into May and June. You guys are doing well. July, you guys are still doing well. Kind of, you know, kicking ass, kicking ass, kicking ass. But it's weird. All of a sudden, uh, the build up, real build a build, uh, big build up to, uh, highway to hell here for SummerSlam. Nitro starts winning, so they win 810, 817, 824, 831, and 97. The last two are, of course, because it's stupid dog show bullshit, but yeah. um, but they won three north. Did you guys ever feel like, Wow, we're we have this awesome build up to highway to hell? You know, we yeah, got this, never, so, ne- any ne- nervousness because they they nah. want some ratings here. Oh, right? we,
1: we know, we know, and, and this is my disappointment in the WWE today. This is my utter, 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 utter disappointment. Bro, at the end of the day, regardless of the competition, regardless of what they're doing, it's it's just like a sport. It's just like a, a major league team. At the end of the day, bro, all you could do is control you. So, you know, we we knew that we were writing, producing, directing, performing the best show we possibly could do. We 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 knew that. And I mean, you know, bro, if they had something hotter at the time, you know, like kudos to them, because the reality of it is we had consistency, bro. We had consistency. We were always going to have a good show. And maybe they had a hot angle here, and maybe they had a hot angle there, but they weren't going to be able to maintain it. And that's what eventually led to the demise of of WCW, them beating the NWO to death. They didn't know what to do with it anymore. Now it's red and black. Now it's Wolfpack. Now everybody's in it. And they couldn't maintain that level um, of of content. And we were able to. So if there was a loss here and a loss there, bro, we never – panicked we never worried about it uh we just put on the best shows that we could and that's like i said bro that's why i'm so disappointed in them today because these shows are absolutely horrendous
0: so goldberg becomes champ in july they do win that because remember he fought hall and hogan the same night and you know papa rating so they beat you on that night but it's interesting they go back to an interesting well of bringing in the ultimate warrior did you guys ever have any fear? Because when he shows up on that nitro on 817, their rating is 4.9. Yours is only 4.2. So the nostalgia of the warrior. I remember getting phone calls from my buddies. Holy shit, Warriors in WCW now. Holy shit. But then you know his promo went, went a little long. And and you know, that, that, that's, that's degree, exactly were, it, bro. That's exactly aware it, bro. of that.
1: It's very, it's very similar to AEW. Okay. Look what happened when Punk came in. I'm telling you, bro, you, you, they you, they have to have the material. They have to have the material. I don't care how huge they are, how over they are. You can't just bring these guys in and give them mediocre shit. And, and, and that, to me, you know, just, just making the comparison, that's exactly what happened to Punk. It's not Punk's fault. You know, punk's, Punk doesn't write the show, you know, Punk is working with the material given to him. The same thing, bro, we were, Ed Ed Ferrara and myself, we were professional writers. They, they, They weren't. You know, Eric Bischoff wasn't. You know, Tony Khan isn't. It takes professional writers, bro, to really write a compelling television show week after week after week and raise those ratings. If you don't have professional writers, I don't care what you book, you're never gonna you're never gonna capture the casual audience.
0: So you ed and physic are, are like, okay, they got warrior, they popped the rating, no panic, keep it consistent, not at all. It, keep, don't not change storylines, let's just not keep at all. going.
1: So not, not only no panic, we didn't even have a discussion over it. Oh we, wow, okay. We, all we were just interested in our show. That's all we can control.
0: I would have thought maybe Vince would have been like, "Oh shit, that's Warriors, my guy." Never, you know what I mean kind of never, thing. Wow. Bro.
1: No, never.
0: Never. Wow. So confident in Austin and I take her, I guess. I mean, yeah. really. Yeah. So as far as like building up to this match, everything kind of is, is really good. I mean, you got, you got Hurst involved. You got a lot of kind of dissension Is Undertaker. He- I mean, you're teasing some stuff with Undertaker, but he's really secured himself as a babyface. I know you said you kind of wish it would have been heel versus babyface for MSG, but were you happy with all the buildup leading up to Oh, the match yeah, itself? absolutely.
1: I mean, the, you know, the the storytelling was the best that we could do. I was just kind of concerned about the payoff of the match.
0: Right. Okay. So let's start the show. Uh, there's a few Sunday Night Heat matches. I'll go over them quickly. One of them is kind of surprising, though. Uh, too much. Brian Christopher and Scott Taylor defeat LOD 2000. Hawk and Animal withdraws. Kind of. I don't know. I guess that's like a not that too much can't beat LOD, but it's just it, when you think about it, it's like holy shit, like these monsters getting beat by these guys. Yeah, no,
1: that's that's yeah. true, and 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 I'm very critical of that today. So no, that's true. I I agree with you.
0: And obviously there was stuff going on behind the scenes with Hawk and obviously yeah. draws it there and they're kind of teasing the dissension with, with the group, yes. but it's funny. It's like, um, I guess as soon as Hawk is kind of not Hawk anymore, I could see, you know, not you guys per se, but maybe Vince saying like, eh, I don't trust him. You know, we, we can't give him like, you know, a big push anymore.
1: Oh, yeah. No, bro. Listen, I, I, I'll never forget like the one of the most disturbing things I ever saw in my entire career, bro. I'll never forget this because, bro, you got to understand. And you do, John. You know, the boys hide everything, man. They, they don't. They, you know, yeah. I never knew. I never knew how bad off Hawk was. I never knew because they hide it. They don't they don't tell you the truth. They always tell you it's no problem. It's no problem. It's no problem. And I'll never forget, bro, um, during during this run, bro, I witnessed Animal pushing Hawk through the airport in a wheelchair, and Hawk was completely out of it, bro, literally foaming at the mouth. Oh, my God. And when I saw that, I had to see that with my own eyes, then I realized, Holy shit, bro! I had no freaking idea uh, this guy was this this bad off, and I'm sure in talent relations they they knew. So Draws was always kind of there as a plan B.
0: Gotcha. And it's it's like quite a shame to, to see it, because Hawk and Animal, I mean, God, like they invented the term, like, LOD pop, because they got the oh, biggest yeah, pops. Oh, you know what yeah. I mean? They're, like, compares, comparable to Hogan getting these gigantic yeah. pops. I mean, ab- ab-
1: it was heartbreaking, bro. It was heartbreaking.
0: And I know they're older at this point, but they really got the New Age Outlaws over. I mean, they, they could still get teams over. They could help yes. get the X over. So, I mean, they're still valuable, but to the point of, like, wow, they can't really trust them anymore. It's crazy that LOD in 98 and a uh, still young fan, you think yourself, oh, they're still gods, but yeah. LG 2000 was a l- little bit weird you We know, with the hockey stuff and it, they just were completely different.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I didn't like it and and it, and it didn't work, but we were dealing with these outside issues. That That's what a lot of people don't understand. Why are you doing this? Well, because we're dealing with this and right. you, you know, you're not publicly going to say that, but that had a lot to do with it.
0: So, Gangrell also defeated Dustin Runnels, who was not Goldust. He was not Dustin. He was just Dustin Runnels. I remember eventually he would say, He's coming back and teasing that it was Jesus. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, that he's all religious, but obviously he's talking about Goldust. Yeah. He's funny. I mean, he could pull off anything, really. Oh, he
1: could pull off anything, bro. Like anything. He's, he's, he's the best.
0: Anything, man. The disciples of the apocalypse, eight ball and skull with Paul Ellering defeated Bradshaw and Vader also in a heat match. So oh, that must that must have been a stiff match. Bro. <laughs> they, they must have beat the shit out of each other in that match, to say the least. Now yeah. I don't know, and I, and I I still can't find if they actually made it to air or not. But Michael P.S. Hayes before the show literally gets out like karaoke style but he's actually singing it and they're playing highway to hell in the background and he's going nuts and he's going through the crowd and, and going around the ring and he's singing highway to hell was this like to pop up the crowd or just for him
1: uh, i it, w- it was just for him. that that that's almost like a rib uh that was definitely just for him
0: <laughs> because you know we're laughing me my buddy my brother we're all like laughing we're like oh like it doesn't really sound like you know uh like bon scott or even brian johnson doing it yeah, but like yeah. uh michael hayes you could tell i mean he's having a blast but he's oh, just God,
1: I, I i would hmm. i would love to see that man i don't i don't remember that at all at all
0: he's not the greatest singer in the world yeah oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he was i mean he got the crowd pump they were into it i think they were just so excited anyway but yeah he, remember how like motivated he was like ah, i went to hell and get everybody to sing it yeah so it was not creative's idea for him to do that.
1: I don't know. I don't think so, bro. That was probably, bro. That was probably a discussion at the gorilla position. Yeah, you, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it definitely wasn't written as part of the show. It was probably a last minute thing. Now, I know we've no, talked that, about this. That that sounds so much like Bruce. That, <laughs> yeah. that sounds like Bruce at the gorilla position, telling Michael Hayes to go out and do that. And Michael yeah. Hayes has his moment, yep. and he's he's eating that up. That's exactly yep. what it sounds like.
0: Like, hey, look, we have the song; we can play right, it. Bruce. You want to sing it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. yep. I know we talked about before, like WrestleMania. Even it's just another night because you got to book the next night and you got to yep. book forward. But is it any? different or any more special because you're at msg now for a huge pay-per-view show twenty-two thousand. 000
1: oh i'll tell you it wasn't for me it wasn't wow, okay. for me but i will tell you this bro uh because i got scolded one time msg was a big deal to vince because vince senior was in the madison square garden hall of fame that was a big big deal to vince man i remember i went to a msg house show House show, bro. This is before when I was just doing the magazine and stuff. Yep, and I didn't wear a shirt and tie, and Vince went ballistic on me, and that's why he he told me he told me so. Madison Square Garden, bro, it meant so much to Vince, really, because his father was in the Hall of Fame there
0: it's crazy if you like msg i went to genesis a few months ago awesome i mean they're awesome phil collins is a god great stuff you go down and you go and look at some of the stuff they have a huge hulkamania display and a wrestlemania oh, they, one display really? oh wow yeah, yeah. i did yep. know that that's awesome that's yeah awesome. it's so cool and actually when shane mcmahon was there i forget what it was a few months ago he was teasing he took a picture of it and he put Hulk one more match or something like that and it was the gigantic display so yeah. even msg puts a lot of like yeah. faith in w- WBF it's like okay you know they don't do that for everybody not at you know you don't oh, see yeah, blood no, biscuits bro. getting their own thing there you oh, know God. it's M- it's M- important M- stuff M- yeah and
1: bro the relationship with MSG and WWE goes way way back before oh, yeah then. I mean the great Bruno matches there and oh my God th- there's a history there bro
0: the hallowed holes yeah yes. basketball Garden I just think it's funny when people take that picture with the, you know, like the MSG picture, you always see in the background. That's actually the freight elevator. (laughs) So if you look around, it's not nice, but the the, the logo on it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. 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 So let's go to the first match. D'Lo Brown defeats Val Venus by disqualification, retaining the European Championship. Good match. Goes about 15 minutes. Do you like having kind of a non-finish to start the show? Even though it's a good match, it's a hot match. Do you like how like it's a – not a non finished, but you're getting a DQ, you're getting a schmazz, if you will.
1: Yeah, bro. I gotta be honest with you, man. I never, I really never looked at that, bro. Because it doesn't matter. It does, it's a you know, you know, bro, it's a TV show, bro. I am telling you, I am telling you, casual fans don't give one <laughs> shit about that, bro. That is that is your 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 smarks, your marks, your dirt sheets casual fans don't give one shit about a clean finish as a matter of fact if you if you said clean finish to casual fans they don't even know what that means they they have no idea what that means so for the mass audience bro that does not matter one iota
0: okay okay it, it, you have know, like me mark or whatever you want to say mark i'm, I'm thinking like oh, dq not yeah. when i was not when i was 16 at, well, at the you know, show exactly. i didn't think that exactly. but yeah
1: and, and that yeah. that's our audience bro that's our audience
0: i want to mention this before i forget too they had a lot of bootleg shirts of course new york the street austin rules Goldberg sucks i remember guys were trying to sell us those shirts i just want to think it before i forgot that for later I was like wow new york you know this is great oh, like wow, they yeah, they so yeah, yeah, they're so like uh, into it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Selling these Austin Rules Goldberg suck shirts for twenty dollars a piece. You didn't get one of those? No, I didn't. I maybe oh, I should have, wow. but no, I yeah. no, I never did. Yeah, and I was more of an Austin guy than a Goldberg guy at that point. So yeah, yeah I, sh- I probably should. And
1: I remember, bro, like, um, I swear to God, I remember you know going to see uh, the the first Kiss concert I went to was nineteen seventy seven. I was 16 years old, and I remember, bro, it's funny that you mentioned that because the merch inside was so freaking expensive, but on the street, bro, they had like 20 different Kiss shirts for like half the price, man. Yes, yes. It's it's funny. that I I wonder, does that that still happen today?
0: So three years ago, I went to Kiss uh, here in in, uh, Prudential Center in New Jersey. Right. Fuck, i mean awesome show they were great they had a same shirt inside was 45 dollars outside was like a replica of it but it looked just as good you know with them on it's awesome they got the whole list of where the tour is and the guy, guy's like 20 bucks i'm like oh and i really had 20 but i, I had two tens, so i i only have 10 and he's like extra large i'm like yeah and he, he gave it to me for 10 yeah, i'm no, like yes i just <laughs> yeah yeah oh
1: exactly i i did that uh I went to, I, God, I was so lucky before I really, you know, started getting sick. I got to see Ozzy here, you know, a couple of years ago, and it was the right. same thing. I wanted this shirt so much, and it was like, you know, 50 bucks inside. I'm like, bro, come on, you know, and I went outside, and it was like 20 bucks.
0: Yeah. See, I made a mistake years ago when I went to ACTC. I bought the shirt inside. It was like 50 yeah. bucks. What an idiot. And then outside, I see the guy selling for 20. You're like, yeah. oh, God. And it's yeah. almost the same exact shirt. Yeah. Oh, like the material is nice. These guys on the street are, I mean, they yeah. know what they're doing.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: I love those guys though, because now every show, like I always, I'm always looking for this stuff. Oh yeah,
1: yeah, oh yeah.
0: Um, I just think it's funny, like the kiss, like the stuff that they had inside. It's just insane, like the amount of stuff that they had this for sale. I'm like, yeah, I'll just buy from the guy outside for yeah. for cheaper, just because everything's just a ripoff yeah. as far as like inside. Oh, yeah. Even WBF now, I think the shirts are thirty dollars a piece. Oh
1: yeah, I can imagine, bro. I can imagine.
0: That, that's thirty dollars. It's crazy. It literally probably cost them two dollars to make it. Yeah. Yeah. So the next matchup, the oddities, Giant Silva, Golga, and Kurgan with Shaggy Tudo and Violent J of the ICP and Luna Vishan defeated Kayentai, Dick Togo, Menstayao, Shofunaki, and Takamishinoku with yamaguchi Sun in 10 minutes a lot lot going on there nothing great or nothing to write home about but for some reason the oddities were over I don't know if it's because of ICP I don't know if it's like one of those ironic things that you're just chanting these idiots like the AEW fans do for like Orange Cassidy you're like oh this guy's an idiot I'm gonna cheer for him you know what I mean so is that like the case or the oddities really over
1: nah bro I, I think that's exactly you know bro and like you said bro it's like when you're when you're at a live event you're just so excited. You know, bro. We all are. Yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. You're you're so excited when you're at a live event. So you can control anything they do. And you know, the oddities were an entertainment, a fun act, and the live crowd got it. You know, we we're, 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 we're supposed to get with them, so we're going to get with them. You know, they they yep. they got it, bro. They 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 played along with it. Those guys were just there for entertainment. You know, they were never, ever going to be written into anything seriously. I loved working with ICP, bro. The, the problem with them was, bro, you just never knew if they were going to show up or not. I really, I, bro. Oh my God, bro. I was, I was, I was at shows. This is WCW now, because Vince, Vince wouldn't stand for this. I was at shows where they were scheduled to be on Nitro. During the day, bro, they're in the parking lot. The juggaloos are there. They have a big party and everything. Come match time, they're no place to be found. Gone, gone, bro. And I, I used to laugh like I used to think it was so funny because it's it's just who these guys were. But man, I I thought those guys were so entertaining. I loved working with them. They loved the business. But sometimes it was just really you, you couldn't depend on them.
0: Why ICP with the oddities? Just because they're going to sing that song, or like, like was there any reason why they were put Just with them?
1: It was a circus, you know. I mean, the oddities. I mean, that's the whole idea. It's it's, it's the feel of like a three ring circus. That that that's the vibe. It's
0: right in with the psycho circus, whatever yeah, the hell exactly. they, they call themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always liked ICP. I don't know. There's something funny about them. But did you know like how big of like fans they were? Like, oh or, or yeah. You, oh you yeah. Okay. Oh
1: yeah. No doubt about it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, Jug was it JCW Juggalo Championship. Wrestling, they they still do that stuff, you know. I mean, they love wrestling. Those
1: guys are extremely entertaining, extremely, no doubt about it, bro. They they are great entertainers, man.
0: Do they come cheaper because they're such big fans? Like, do they do it for less or no? My my,
1: my, it's it's not about the money. They 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 do it because they love doing it.
0: It's not like you're bringing in Tyson. You got to pay him a couple million. You know what I mean? Yeah. No,
1: no, 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 no. They they want to do it.
0: Did you like the Oddities theme song that they sung? God, bro, I don't remember it man i don't remember it wacky it's just like all over the place yeah i got almost I got, like I got, that that uh do, 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 like in the background yeah going yeah. on yeah. i
1: gotta go back and listen to that because i don't remember it it's
0: not that bad like for a wrestling song it's not it's not bad yeah. but it fits in with with them you know like that yeah. weird uh vibe that they got going on absolutely yeah what do you think about kindtie do you think that you know, so people are like, oh, that, that's so like uh, stereotypical of the you know the, the Japanese and stuff. Like, what did you think about Kai and Tai?
1: You know, bro, again, a lot of the a lot of the you know, a, a lot of the Japanese wrestlers were brought in because of relationships with you know the, the groups in Japan, because yeah. they were great workers and great wrestlers, but like at the end of the day, like you know, they were they were going to be a B act. You know I mean? They were never brought in that they were going to be a big story. You know, Jr. used to what well, D- Dutch really Dutch always used the term good little hands that that's what these guys would have been considered good little hands. We had the relationship with Japan. Uh, so we always brought some of their guys over and you always knew they were going to have a good match. And that, that, that was really the extent of it, you know?
0: What do you think about AEW going all in uh, on their relationship with New Japan? They're even doing a pay-per-view, Forbidden Door, with New Good Japan. And,
1: and, and, and let, let me know how many casual fans you get from that.
0: They sold out the building, though. They sold out.
1: That, that, that's, that's their fan base. They, they, they've, got enough, they've got enough of a fan base to sell out a building. The, the casual fans, bro, ain't going to give one shit about it.
0: I saw a lot of like not hardcore fans, but like usually the pro AEW fans on Twitter were even saying that some of the guys they introduced, they didn't even know those guys. Yeah. So I was like, wow, if the AEW fans don't know those right. guys, like right. that's like what do you do? Video pack? Like how do you like introduce them with with using them to make them seem more important?
1: You're gonna you're gonna have to build them up for for at least a month. I mean that that's all you could do, bro. Video video packages have them cut promos over there, I guess, with a translator and send them over. But, bro, you're going to have, have to do that for at least four weeks.
0: Oh, I don't think they have enough time yeah, to bail. Because no, yeah. they introduced some guys, and I, I follow the product in Japan, so I know some of the guys. They introduced some guys. I didn't know who they were, so it's like, wow, oh, so like, that's when, not well, I don't good.
1: even know when that show is. When is it?
0: The end of June, I think it is.
1: Oh, God, yeah. They don't have time to do it now. Yeah, literally a couple weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not even thinking about that.
0: It's crazy. I was just thinking, like, I know that's, like, their fan base, but it's, like, not entirely. You know what I mean? Like, even Mm -hmm. some of their own fan base doesn't even know who the guys are. Yep. So the next matchup, X-Pac with Howard Finkel defeats Jeff Jarrett with, of course, Dennis Knight and Mark Canterbury. Southern Justice hair versus hair match in 11 minutes. This was great. I mean, obviously, X-Pac is great. Jeff Jarrett's great. What do you think here? Jeff loses the hair. Something happened here, bro.
1: I remember this. They were They were unhappy campers. Something happened here. Um, that that went wrong. I don't know if it was the time of the match. I don't know if it got cut short. I don't remember. But I, I do remember um, they weren't happy about this when it was over. Maybe the match got cut short because somebody else went long. Um, but yeah, no, that that that, that totally. I mean, I, I I think this was the point where Jeff kind of changed his look. I don't think he ever grew the hair back
0: not until today when it's a little bit longer today yeah yeah
1: yeah. but i mean it was a lot longer back then than it is today and i think that really i think
0: that's when he really changes his his look up you know do you think he needed to do that to get away from that southern rasp? he probably
1: wanted to he he probably wanted to bro he probably had no problem doing that and i thought i love the old look and i thought the new look you know was cool too so you know, Jeff probably realized at that point in time he needed a change. And here's another thing, bro, too, that people don't understand. Bro, when somebody's going to get their hair cut like that, when you're asking them to do something like that, there's going to be a bonus involved. The, the, that, that's how the boys are. The, the boys are, I'll do whatever you want me to do for 50 grand. And you you, you know, Jeff, bro, we know the infamous yep. story of him holding up. Men. So when, when somebody gets their hair cut, there's usually a bonus involved and at that point it's like okay bro i'm not i'm not gonna take fifty thousand dollars to get my haircut so that's uh you know i'm sure that was part of the deal too
0: he also you know that look fits more into the attitude era. you know what i mean the shaved Absolutely. head Absolutely. not not the long trunks anymore yeah. the, the regular tights yeah it, yep yep was that a problem though like originally it's like oh this character's not really fitting in with the attitude era not, not really, bro. Because he
1: was a, um, uh, you know, he he was, he was somebody who thought he was cool, but to everybody else, I, you know, pardon the term to everybody else, you're a southern hick, like that. That that was part of the allure, and right. that got him heat. I, I mean, really, that that's that's where the he was somebody thinking he was so over. And you know, especially people from the northeast saying, bro, you're a country bumpkin. You know what I'm saying? So, so, so that that kind of helped get him over. But I, I thought both both looks really worked for Jeff.
0: Did you like the pairing with Southern Justice?
1: Oh, yeah. And they were close. They they were very, very close. Bro, those guys, like, especially Mark Canterbury, bro, he was the real deal. Like, he would he if he wanted to hurt you, bro, like he was. The real deal. And those guys, bro, nicest freaking guys in the world. They they were very close with Jeff. Those three were good friends. So, yeah, I I wish, bro, like, you know, again, like, we we talk about those guys, Southern Justice, Godwins, whatever you want to call them, and they were kind of an oh-by-the-way team. And when you look at them today and you look at the size of those guys, bro, they would be the biggest guys in AEW. Oh, by like, far. Like yeah. the, These guys were freaking huge, but everybody, you know, was huge back then. Everybody was a wrestler, bro. Everybody that came through that curtain you believed would freaking kill you if they wanted to.
0: Man, I, I worked with Mark a few years ago, Mark Canterbury, and I was like, man, you're bigger than I thought you were. Holy crap. Like, you're massive. Like, he's a big a, guy. He's a
1: big Big, thick, de- and the real de- deal, bro, and so soft-spoken, but he, bro, he was the real deal.
0: So, obviously, Xbox shaved his head, but with help from the Headbangers, Darren Drozdov, a little bit of help from uh, the New Age Outlaws, who kind of chase off Southern Justice. Is this the way to get everybody out there, or is it just like the off that, oh, Jared really doesn't want to get his hair cut, we have to have somebody, you know, hold him down, so then kind we shave con- his head.
1: Kind of a combination of both kind of a combination okay. of both because especially a big event like this uh you know Summerslam Madison Square Garden you know everybody that comes out they're gonna pop for so it's kind of a combination of both you don't still talk to Jeff today right now nah, we uh we we haven't talked in a long time.
0: Because they mentioned you get on um smoke uh, broken skull sessions, Austin and and Jared, but he he like didn't really go into details. Austin's like, oh, he's like working with him, and then Jared said when he was working with you, there was a level of comfortability because you guys are so familiar with each other and you knew like yeah. how yeah, to bro, work with yeah, each there's other.
1: There's a there's a big disappointment on my part to be honest with you, like bro, something something happened. Dixie had brought me in, bro, as a consultant while while Jeff was there but basically the terms were, it was, it it was supposed to be a secret. And if anybody found out the gig was up, so I didn't tell anybody, you know, that, you know, you know, okay. I I don't agree with this. I think it's stupid, but if this is what you want, then I'm not going to tell anybody. So pro eventually, Jeff was having a meeting with Dixie and Janice Carter was on the phone. And in f- not knowing Jeff was there or Jeff didn't know whatever, Janice asked the question, How's things working out with Vince? And that's where Jeff learned about it. So, what happened was he stopped talking to me. And I was like, Bro, this th- the boss hired me under this guise. And whether I agreed with it or not, I had to agree to this to the stipulation, bro. I'll, I'll be honest with you, um, John. I needed the job at the time. I, I right. needed the job today. Today, if 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 somebody called today and said, you know, AEW, Vince, we want you to consult, but it's going to be a big secret. You can't tell anybody. I would say no. I, I I and 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 I wanted to say no, because it was ridiculous. I needed the money at that point. So I, whatever Dixie, however she wanted to do it. So he stopped talking to me, man. So like, I was like, bro, what, what did you want me to do? I I wasn't allowed to say anything. I needed the job. I needed the gig. I needed the money. So I never said anything, you know? So then I, I went to a convention, bro, like years ago, this is going back like almost five years now. And Karen and Jeff were there. And I went up to Jeff, like in front of everybody. I said, "Bro, I'm not going to play this game with you." Like, give me and I and like I kissed him, like right on the mouth, right. So afterwards, um, what's um, Karen comes and finds me, and she says, "Vince, I want you to know something." She goes, "Jeff isn't hot at you and mad at you, um, because of the consulting gig." She said, Jeff's mad at you, Jeff's not talking to you because Dixie told Jeff that you were talking shit about him. And I'm like, you know, bro, first of all, from day one at TNA, Dixie and Jeff did not get along, okay? And because she was my boss and Jeff was my friend, I was always middled, always, always middled, always put in a horrible, horrible situation where she's the boss. I've got to respect her. She's paying me. He's my friend that I've known forever. So there was always a middling from day one. So now I find out, okay, bro, this this, he stopped talking to me. Because Dixie told him I said something about him. But here's what really pissed me off and really disappointed me, bro. Bro, at that time, I had been friends with Jeff for, this is about five years ago, bro. So 2015, bro, we're talking about a 20-year relationship? Yeah. You mean to tell me, bro, you're not going to confront me? You're not gonna after 20 years, you're not gonna say to me, hey Vince, listen, I wanna have a I wanna have a talk with you. Dixie said, you said so and so, blah, blah, blah. You're not even gonna have a conversation. You're you're just going to accept what what she told you I said. Bro, to this day, I don't know what he's talking about. I don't know what she said that I said. I have no idea, but my disappointment came with 20 year relationship. D- Dixie says I said something about you that that triggers you to cut off communication with me. and you're not even gonna tell me what that is. And, and that's it, bro. like that that that's where it was left. So like I, I don't I don't have any heat with Jeff. I have no idea what Dixie said to Jeff. He's never had that conversation with me, but the thing is, John, like, bro, that's the wrestling business. That, that That's just how it is. Like I knew this guy for 20 freaking years. Dixie says, I, 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 I said something about him and he doesn't even ask me about it. <laughs> Man, I, 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 I had a situation, bro, a couple of weeks ago, you know, who John Arezzi is right. Yeah. Oh yeah. I had a situ- situation literally a couple of weeks ago we were doing castrating the marks and Wade Keller makes the comment. Oh, well, you know, John Rezzi always apologizes for Vince Russo. Like a Rezzi is apologizing that he introduced Russo to the wrestling business. So John and I have made up and we're cool and we text back and forth and everything else like this. So when I heard that comment, it really hurt and bothered me. Well, John, what, what do you think is the first thing I did? Text John Arrizzi. Exactly. The f- first thing I did, I said, John, I just got to ask you this. You know, and he even asked me to send him the clip. I said, I just got to ask you this, bro, because I, I, I really felt hurt by this. But I, you know, I don't want this to be a wedge between us. You know, bro that's what you do. you 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 don't take like bro i'm I'm gonna believe something Wade Keller says or Dixie Carter or anybody without asking you. so like that that that's the disappointment to me, but you know, bro, that that's why Jeff is such an old school wrestler, bro, and you know, obviously Jerry Jarrett is his father bro I'm sorry. I love the guy to death. I, I will always love him, but obviously John, in the wrestling business, there are a lot of people where when you can no longer do anything for them, you never hear from them again. right I, I mean that, that that that's a lot of people in the wrestling business. when you're not in a position to to you know help them out, further their career, all of a sudden, there's radio silence. I mean, it, it's happened to me with a million guys, and it really happens with like the old school guys, you know? So, it, it just like I said, bro, I, you know, I have no he would him. I'm there. It's just very, 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 very,
0: very disappointing to me. So the next match up, Jacqueline and Mark Merrow in a mixed tag match versus Sable and a mystery partner. That mystery partner ends up being edge. So edge and Sable get the win at eight minutes, 30 seconds. This technically edges pay-per-view debut. Did you see a lot in edge? Because Sable is super over. So hey, if we see something in this guy, let's pair him with Sable. Oh yeah, absolutely, bro. I mean, absolutely.
1: You know, I mean, he, he had the look, you know, back then, uh, he had such a cool look. um, yeah, bro. My, I, I, um, I, I don't think I, I to this day I don't think Edge understands this because Edge is taking his shots like everybody else. Bro, at the beginning, Edge wasn't supposed to talk. He was almost supposed to be like Tommy, where like is he deaf, dumb, and blind? Like we, we yeah. don't know that. That's why we had the woman doing the voiceovers. But the whole idea was supposed to be. This guy was supposed to be very, very mysterious. He was supposed to be like an enigma. And obviously, over time, you know, he would have talked whenever that moment came. I I, I still think Edge is under the uh, impression that I wanted him to never talk. No, bro, that's not what I wanted. I wanted there to be a mystery at the beginning. Who is this guy? Where is he from? What's the background? Because, bro, you could pay that off huge. I, I mean, whatever the backstory is, you could pay that off huge. But again, as soon as um, as soon as we left, he just started talking, just like they took Kane's mask off and all, all, all that other stuff that in my opinion, was never paid off correctly.
0: So Edge and Sable do get the victory. Then we move on to the Lions Den match. Ken Shamrock defeats Owen Hart with Dan Severin via submission. Match goes about nine that, minutes. That
1: was on video, right?
0: So you had the... In the, the, dungeon, the, in the dungeon. Yeah, the, the Lions Den, the, the setup of, of like the cage.
1: But that was live in the arena?
0: It took place in a separate theater, like yeah, within MSG, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah so it's like a part of MSG, yeah. but it was in a separate I theater, did. yeah.
1: Maybe it was the felt form, it used to be called the felt form. I don't know, yeah. if they changed it. yeah, Paramount I it Theater? Like,
0: I forget what they call it now, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that's it now, bro. It used to be the felt form, and then I think yep. it became the Paramount Theater, but I thought that was a good match. I enjoyed that, bro. I enjoyed that,
0: pretty cool, just different, right? I mean, you yeah. don't really normally because, see it like that,
1: bro, yeah. I think that was tied into. They did something in Stu's dungeon, right? Yes, yeah. Something happened yep. in Stu's dungeon, so now we were going to take it to Shamrock. I think I think that was the story, but I, I thought that was a good match
0: yeah owen beats him up in the dungeon like he yeah, sets, yeah, yeah, sets yeah, yeah, him sets yeah. him up beats him up yes. takes him out of yep, the dungeon
1: yep yep exactly yeah yeah
0: funny though maybe people don't know but ken shamrock actually had some training at the dungeon did some yes, training did. with the bro, hearts ken early shamrock yeah.
1: was freaking phenomenal man i mean absolutely uh, the, the bro he may i i swear if you go back and look at attitude era and whatnot i swear to god bro i would challenge you to find somebody more believable than ken shamrock ken shamrock was one of the most believable wrestlers i've ever seen in my life and you know i've watched a lot of his matches and his level of intensity and just everything about that guy he was so believable in the
0: ring man do you like that you're doing like a ufc quote-unquote style lions then like with the cage you like that for him yeah i do yeah yeah so uh owen hart taps out but Severn, who's in, you know in his corner so to speak just walks away in disgust were you setting up like a big feud with Les- yeah, or know, with uh um, that, that or was
1: no? never fair bro I, I, i'll tell you why that was never fair and, and this is just my opinion and my view on it shamrock was such an awesome well-rounded performer um, and could cut like great promos with great intensity, and everybody knows, bro. Severn could not cut a promo, and 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 I think because Shamrock was so good, I think that really hurt Severn because he lacked in the entertainment area, uh, you know, cutting the promo and you know being a character. I mean, he was a shoot. Uh, you know, MMA fighter, and he was absolutely great, but he really lacked the personality that Shamrock had. And I yeah. think that really, really hurt him because when you had those two guys together, I mean, my God, Shamrock just reeked personality and 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 Severin just wasn't that guy.
0: Because they'd have a couple matches, up but they're short. I mean, like little yeah. matches here, there, no feud. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: So the next matchup, the New Age Outlaws, Billy Gunn and the Road Dogg defeat Mankind. False count anywhere for the WF Tag Team Championship. They end up winning. Kane is supposed to be part of the match, but it turns out into a handicap match. Match goes about 5 minutes, 20 seconds. Outlaws basically win the title handicap style. What was the point here? Because Kane shows up later and kind of like cements the fact that he no longer likes mankind and beats him up a little bit but he doesn't help him in the match at all like but they're supposed to be tag champs was this to really solidify like mankind as like um trying to get sympathy for him
1: so so tell me what the finish was again bro remind me of how kane's involvement what happens now
0: so the outlaws do like a um a double team maneuver i mean it's just two on one the whole time they do a double team maneuver like spike pal driver onto the belt that does the finish. After the match is over, Kane kind of comes out and they have a dumpster and Kane um, picks up a sledgehammer and throws it at, at a supposed to be Mankind in the dumpster when the outlaws threw him in and throws the sledgehammer at him in the dumpster, like causing more damage. So it was almost like he was just standing there, lets him lose kind of by the entranceway or whatever. He just lets him get the, defeated by the outlaws and then he comes and he solidifies the point that he no longer is tag team partners with him.
1: So did they have a feud from that point on?
0: Kind of uh, not really. It was almost like mankind becomes lost and Undertaker and Kane become our unit. So it's almost like K- uh, Kane is dumping mankind yeah, literally yeah, to go yeah. with with Undertaker.
1: that's yeah, that that's you know Kane Kane has made up his mind that he's going full bore with Taker at the expense of Mankind. Yeah, that's that's that's, that's that story.
0: Do you guys really go for the symbolism there, or no, or am I, or am I crazy? Yeah, like, no, we like, do Absolutely. He throws him in the garbage, and he ends up with his brother.
1: Absolutely, we do. Absolutely, bro.
0: Obviously, Outlaws, you know, become become the champs. But I think the real story was like, wow, what's where's mankind now? He's lost. Like, yeah, his tag team partners like him. He yeah. lost the ha- big Hell in the cell match. And, and, and like, also what's up here? too,
1: and also too, bro, you're gonna You're good. You know, keep in mind, bro, this is Madison Square Garden. You know, this is Cactus Jack. You know, Mick Foley is Cactus Jack. Yep. So you're also giving them the match they're expecting. Um, you know, so, the, so, so, you know, we, we paid it off a two on one handicap match. I'm sure Mick did all types of crazy shit, but we, you know, paying it off to that New York crowd.
0: So the next matchup Triple H with China defeats The Rock, who's with Mark Henry, and Triple H wins the, Intercontinental Championship match goes 26 minutes. It is wow. a pretty damn good ladder match wow. here from these two. Kind of like uh, I know obviously Rock is kind of getting over and Triple H is kind of getting over but this was kind of like the launching point I thought for yeah. these two.
1: Yeah, no, ab, ab- absolutely bro. I'm, I'm surprised the match was that long especially a ladder match but um yeah, no bro. They uh you know the these two kind of had a st- Steady, steady rise. And it was almost like, you know, parallel. So highlighting this match and it going that long, which surprises me. uh, Yeah, bro. No doubt these two guys are coming into
0: their own thing i noticed here being in the crowd for it first of all awesome match the crowd is crazy for it there's a lot of interference china really kind of helps triple h get the victory but i noticed a little bit of shift with the fans cheering the rock i mean we were cheering the rock there was like i don't know if we were the first ones to do it because he's a heel but like there was like an uprising i know msg it's kind of has the tendency to root for the heel but i felt like that was the first time that i really saw the Rock get like a good babyface reaction for being the rock
1: and think about that, too, bro. That really says a lot because the, you know, the die Rocky die started at the garden. I mean, that's where when when they tried to shove Rocky Maivia down everybody's throat, that started at the garden. So to now come full circle, uh, that, that really, really says a lot about rock as a performer, man.
0: And I can't forget it. My buddy will message me every once in a while just to throw it out there, and I always pop for it. Some guy next to us was going so crazy for the rock, like that he wanted to win. He comes up, you know, the chairs fold down or whatever. Yeah, yeah. His foot got stuck in between, Uh, and he goes, he's just a scream. He goes, my foot stuck in the chair, my foot stuck in the chair. But nobody's paying attention to him because they're all going rocky, you know, cheering for the rock. Yeah, that's
1: funny, bro. That is funny. That's great.
0: But I was like, wow, so Triple H, like, not as over, like, as far as babyface, but I was like, wow, the fans really, like, wanted Rocky at this point. I know you guys tease a Rock babyface turn after this, and then he turns heel and joins the corporation, but it, it felt like, wow, Rock was over.
1: Yeah, and, bro, like, see, that's the thing, too. Like, you know, a lot of times heels get over because they're cool and you yeah. want to be like them. But, like, Triple H was really like a dick heel. Like, he was yeah. really like a dick dick there's a difference you know if you know rock rock as a heel was cool rock was never a dick triple h was always always a dick so i i i can kind of see that transition over to the rock
0: and the main event of the evening stone cold steve austin defeats the undertaker no dq match Retaining his WF Championship match goes about 21 minutes. I thought it was pretty good, and I liked it. But obviously, you could tell now re-watching it and, and seeing that Austin is concussed at one point, you could tell there is a little bit of a sluggish point. Like, it could have been better of a match.
1: I, I, what, what, what happened that he got concussed,
0: bro? I know Undertaker, I want to say... Was it on the outside when Undertaker gives him the leg drop? I think it's when he gives him the leg drop through the table. It looks like Austin's head hits the floor instead of like the table and then going down. Yeah, it's the worst. Yeah, yeah. So concrete floor, Undertaker, his head in the middle. That's not a good combination.
1: Yeah, I wonder how Austin felt about that too, bro. Because um, this is is this this is after the the uh, stinger with Owen, right? Yes. Yep. A year after it's a one year, year, one year. Exactly. I want to see, I'm, I'm curious. I wonder how Austin felt about that because, you know, you know, takers his buddy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And you know, he, he was probably so sensitive at that point about his head and neck um, that I'm, I'm I'm just, I'm just curious. Uh, I'm just curious how he must've felt about that.
0: He goes for the old school. Austin catches him. Oh, a little bit of a low blow catches him. Gives him the stunner. One, two, three, it's over. Undertaker kind of pops up pretty quickly. Like it was almost like he got stunned, if you will, you know, so to speak by it. He stood up. And then almost tease something there where he wanted the belt and he was going to, you know, the Smokin' Skull belt and he was going to destroy it or something. But then he just kind of gives them off and acts like a baby face. And Kane is kind of out there and he makes his way. Was this just like teasing something's happening here? I mean, like, what? Yeah, because Undertaker not, still looks strong, but
1: he it, lost. Bro, that's the thing, man. You, you, and this never happens today. Like, this isn't even a thought. This isn't even a thought anymore, bro. When we have the last scene of the pay-per-view. The purpose is we're driving them to Monday. right? That, that's a purpose. We're purposely doing that a lot. You know, it's not the period, the end of the sentence, just the presence of sending Kane out there. Like, what does this mean? We were always, bro, always, always, always teasing to the next show. Again, that's writing, bro. That's writing. You don't you don't see any of that shit anymore today, man.
0: Austin almost gets like the head nod or the sign of respect from Undertaker after he wins. Then Kane comes out and they're shoulder to shoulder and Austin's in the ring as champion. But then he's looking like, oh, shit, what's to come tomorrow exactly. night or the next night? Got that's the bros it. of destruction. The two yep. most evil guys are now together That's and exactly look coming it. after me.
1: Yep, that's exactly it, bro. So you want to see how Raw is going to open up on Monday because that's the last thing you see on the show.
0: What would you say overall? I know it's you. It's hard for you to say. Great show. To me, I was there live. I still love it. I still can go back and, and enjoy it and, and have great memories of being there live and being at MSG and really thought it was a great show. I liked a bunch of the matches. Like, w- were you happy overall with the show?
1: Oh yeah, bro. Because it's it's going to be the fan response. I, I mean, that's that's going to that's going to de- you know determine whether we're happy or not. And uh, yeah, man. I mean, the the, the people love the show. Uh, everybody was over um so yeah i mean as as long as the people were happy i was happy i mean I, man bro the worst feeling in the world is when you know you wrote the show and you produced the show and then you know you kind of go out during the show to hear the response and it's like a, a, a fart in church man it's just right. it's not you and you you know it just didn't work and it's just not over. Like that's the worst feeling in the world. Um, But um, if everybody went home happy, see bro, that's the problem with, with today's product. They're literally putting house shows on television. So for, for the house show, people are going home happy for the house show, but the people watching on television it's a totally, totally, totally different experience. So, as long as the uh, people enjoyed the show, we were happy we did our job.
0: Great show. I thought, anyway, good. You guys, you guys are on a roll, maybe losing the ratings for this month, but it's not going to not gonna be for long as you guys are going to be more consistent and then really, really ramp it up and turn the corner in the fall of 98. Exactly. So, let's head towards the plugs. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Two Man Power Trip. Check out the website, tmptempire.com. And of course, Patreon, patreon.com slash tmptempire vince what do you got
1: right there man russo'sbrand.com patreon.com forward slash russo twc you can go to channelattitude.com we've got dozens and dozens and dozens of shows at a very very reasonable price uh check it out
0: do you still enjoy doing the attitude ever when you're breaking that down do you still enjoy doing it bro
1: that? i i enjoy it because i like i just do it an hour at a time Yeah, I I just I I literally cut every episode in half so I can really take an hour of the show and really dissect that hour in like 30 minutes. So so the fact that I do it in those interims, I I enjoy doing it because it's not like I got to sit there through a two hour show and I really break it down so I could really concentrate on it
0: one hour at a time. All right, great stuff as always. Vince, thank you again. Thank you, everybody, thank you, for John. listening. See you right back here next time for the next podcast. See you next week, folks. This has been a John Paz Power Trip production in conjunction with the Two-Man Power Trip of Wrestling. You could follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Two-Man Power Trip. You can check us out on Facebook. You could subscribe on YouTube. You can go to patreon.com slash Empire become a patron and also check out the website tmptempire.com and buy a shirt at pro wrestling two-man power trip where the power lies brother